Once again, in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's been quite a while since we've uh, made any new podcast, but feel like the Lord wants us to get up and get going here. And so we're going to make a stab at it today, and uh, hopefully it's going to be a blessing to you and uh, be a great help to you. You know, we live in a time when we need to really be mindful of all the things that are, uh, you know, that's going on in the earth, and we need to be a people who's ready and prepared to do the uh, the warfare that God put us on this earth to do. So. We, uh, we've been trying to get all this started up here and get going for you. And we've had a little warfare trying to get this uh, started because it's been a while since we've been on here and done any uh, podcasting. But uh, we're happy and delighted to do this. And we want to give you, we want to do a little series on God Born for Battle. You know, the closer we get to the end time, the more, more we're going to realize the need to be uh, spiritually prepared, spiritually aware. And so I want to talk to you about some things. And actually, about two weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to start making podcasts again. And I want you to um, preach a small series on the Born to Battle. Well, I'm, I'm probably not going to give you everything I could give you. Uh, and because uh, and I don't know it all, for one thing, if I knew it all, I could give it, but I don't know it all. But we're going to give our part. And so we're going to trust that it's going to be a help and a blessing to you. And I'm excited about doing it because it's, it's been a little while since I've done any of this. And I, I'm. You know, we have a lot of people listening to the podcast as far as we can tell, and I'm grateful for that. But I guess like everything else, sometimes we need to hear some new stuff that keeps us going. So let's just kind of get started here talking about all of this, what we want to talk about. Uh, you know, I'm, of course, I got my notes before me, and we're going to try to follow them as much as we can. But at the same time, uh, uh, make you aware, uh, you know, what the Word said. Praise God, because uh, that's very important. You know, we have to understand that Genesis 3.15, one of the first, just a, first, just a few verses into the beginning of what we know is to be our Bible, because of, of Adam and what he did and his transgression, how he sold out more or less to the enemy, God made this statement. He said in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head uh, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel well that you know maybe you can look at that in many different ways but the best way i think to look at it is to realize that uh, god is initiating battle and war at that point in other words my my first first thing i put on my notes and i woke up thinking about this you know just a while back is that we're born into a military family now my, I have some grandchildren that are born into a military family. My wife, of course, is married to, um, not my wife, but my daughter, rather, is married to a soldier. And so, uh, you know, they understand all of the ramifications of what it costs to, to be a, in the Army. It's a lot of problems that, that they, they encounter that maybe other people don't encounter. But life just in general is a battle. You, may know, you know there's a scripture in Matthew 11. That that Jesus made this statement. He said, "The kingdom of God suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force." The very indication of that scripture is that we're we're people who are born into a military family. Now, I, I when I started preparing these, one of the first things I thought about was this scripture found in Exodus fifteen three, where the Bible said, "The Lord is a man of war; 
the Lord is his name, or Jehovah is a man of war, and the, and the and Jehovah is his name. And the war there, the word war there means fighting or a battle, or it means the engagement. It could mean warfare, of course. That's what we're talking about, or battling, or fighting. Now I know that there's been some excessive teaching in the area of warfare, and people have taught some things about it that they need to probably be a little bit better informed about some of the things that they're saying. You know, I I traveled quite a bit to the mission field, and one of the things that was going on several years ago in the, in the in Colombia, you know, one of the areas that we were ministering was that the people had got in some of this strange. I won't say strange. Well, it is strange and 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 excessive um, ideas about warfare, and so. They had actually rented a helicopter, and I guess several, took several gallons of oil or anointing oil, or olive oil, I'm assuming, uh, and and got up and spread it all over the city, thinking that they're going to do war. You know that they were doing warfare, that they were in somehow, some way, subduing the devil. And then I've heard of others who have rented tall buildings and go way up in top of them tall buildings and pray because they want to be up among the principalities in power. Well, thank God we know that the devil is subject to what we say when we speak the Word of God, and there is no limitation to where the Word of God can go and what the Word of God can do. So it's kind of sometimes it kind of gets real foolish because people, people, I think they mean well, they want to do well, but they're just ignorant about what they're doing and talking about. Well, that doesn't that statement doesn't imply in any way that I know all there is to know either, because I, I I don't. But at the same time, I you know I've learned a few things in forty some odd years of ministry. Actually, forty five going on forty six. I'm thinking I can't keep up with all of it, but I've been been doing this for a long time. And you know I I'm kind of like David. I think it's in Psalms one twenty two, one twenty verse seven. He said I'm I, I'm for peace, but when I speak, they're for war. And so I, 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 my life has been one of warfare from the time we were born. We were born, I'm assuming, prematurely. My mother has passed on, and I can't ask that question. I don't know. I certainly was born very small, uh, three pounds and so many odd ounces, about 14 ounces, I think it was. And I've had to kind of fight, you know, all the way from that point up to this point. Uh, in the natural sense of the word, I had to fight. But then when I became a born-again child of God, then, man, I never— Never, never knew that you would enter into a, a, a setting like this. Because, because we have to keep in mind, since we're born into the family and the head of the church and the and the God and Father of all human spirits is a man of war, then it's futile to think that you and I are not going to have some kind of uh, uh, encounters with the enemy and warfare in general. Uh, you know, I have a statement later on uh, in this uh in my notes, and I think I'm going to try to go to it, and maybe I'll read it again when I get to it. I'm going to have to find it here. Uh, but basically, it just, it, basically, I'm saying this, that the application uh, of, of of the work of God in the earth is done by the church. It's not, you know, it was initiated by God. It was originally battled out and warred out through the Lord Jesus Christ, or he bought it for us, but it's up to us to keep, you know, to keep the... You know the application of what was done, what was done at Calvary, and we'll get through 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 that while we talk about it. And so Exodus says the Lord is a is a man of war, not not man in the sense that we think about man, but he's a person of war. We could that would be maybe a better way to say it. I don't really know what the Hebrew word says there for man, but it does mean that uh, you know he's a person of battle. In other words, war is his name. Well, there was a war in heaven. 
that cost the devil his position because he tried to rise up against God and to, and to assume the throne of God and to assume leadership over the whole, whole universe. And he forgot one, maybe to him was a minor detail, but it's a major detail, it is that he was the created and God was the creator. And so that very uh, statement alone should have made him realize that he don't have what it takes to do what it was he was planning on doing, whatever that is. Of course, he's still doing it because he's a master of deception and he's so self-deceived into believing or uh, self-deceived into believing that he can and will actually do it. That, you know, he, he, he doesn't, he can't, he can't tell the truth. Jesus said he can't tell the truth. He's just a liar. Well, our battle, the Bible said, is not against flesh and blood. However, and while we're talking about this, we need to understand that there are some flesh and blood things that are involved in it. And we got to understand some things about authority and what comes along with moving in authority. Uh, because, uh, you know, there's levels of authority. And I, I know that I have some teaching up on the podcast about that, the levels of authority. But delegated authority means that which God has authorized to operate in this earth on his behalf, even if they're not even him, uh, a part of his family. For example, not all law enforcement in this earth is uh, connected to God in the sense that they're godly, but they are connected to God in the sense that God ordained them and set them in motion for the benefit of mankind. If mankind don't do what uh, they need to be doing legally, then there's going to be some ramifications in the realm of the natural, such as imprisonment, or if they if they resist the law to the point of using force, then, then the law is going to use force, and most of the time they're going to either be wounded severely or die, and, uh, and, and plus incarcerated on top of that. So you there is battles that you fight in that realm, uh, you know, and you have to deal with it on that level. You cannot, if you could deal with it spiritually, then it would be wonderful because if we could deal with all things spiritually, then we could get the heart of every man changed by the power of God and what Christ has done. And then, uh, therefore they would, you know, we wouldn't have all of the problems we have because it'd be settled. But Genesis three fifteen once again, initiates strife that's going to exist between human beings, uh, and the seed of the woman or mankind and the devil. The serpent, the seed of the serpent. So, that, so we're born in not we're born into a military family. We are born into a soldier's military type setting, and we, we, we a lot of the church just does not get that. They sit down sometimes and just take things from the devil that they should never take from him, and they don't have to take from him because provision has been made for them to live above that and to live in a way that. You know, that God ordained in his word, and that would be a place of victory. Now, we're not going, let me let me say this right up front. We're not going to leave out of that type of a situation until there's a, the, the, there's a full redemption. And what I mean, that's when Christ comes back for his church. We're not going to move out of that place of warfare. We're going to always have some level of warfare. A lot of people don't deal with it and they don't, they ignore it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to have anything to do with it, but it's still there, it exists, and we're not going to get around it. So the Lord is a man of war, and we can say we are, because in Psalms 1834, listen to what it says there. It says, It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. Psalms 1832, verse 33 and 34 says, 
He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. And here's the verse I was after. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Now that's that, you know, that very statement right there lets us know then that there is a, uh, there is a warfare and we need to be taught how to operate and move in that gives this supernatural ability because a person in the natural, I mean, maybe there's a few people that have come to a point where they could, to some level, break some bars of steel. But generally speaking, most people cannot. And there's always going to be bars bigger than you can break. But with God, there isn't any. Because with His strength and His power, when we're girded with the strength of God, which is really the the spirit of might, we would call it that. Uh, and the spirit of might, we can get an example of it in the life of Samson. I don't know. I don't know if Samson was what we would call an Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger of the Bible. I mean, I don't think that that he was personally. Uh, sometimes their name give an indication of what type of a person it was, their personality, size, or whatever. Like, for example, in the New Testament, the word Paul meant little. So most people assume that Paul may have been a very small person. Well, we really don't know. We don't know whether Samson was a large person or a muscular person. I Personally, I don't think that he was because had he been, then God would have not got the glory that belonged to him from the things that he did and, and, and performed when he was on when he was operating as a judge for the nation of Israel. I believe he was just an ordinary man. He may have had he may have been muscular to some degree, but he wasn't like I say an Arnold Schwarzenegger or some massive uh, muscle builder. But he was a person who walked in the strength of God. And he could tear the gate right off of a city. Now I don't think it was some little gate like you see on a picket fence. I believe it was probably if it's a city, it's probably a, a sizable gate. Probably has some uh, weight to it. But the spirit of God would come on him, or we would say it this way: the spirit of might would come up on him, and that spirit of might would enable him to just tear the gates off and carry them outside the city. And it would be physically impossible for a person to take the jawbone of a, a donkey or a mule, actually and kill a thousand people with it. That would just be in the realm of impossibility. But yet he did that because of the strength of the Lord. There there was a time when he was going in, even in disobedience, he was going to do something as far as get a wife, and he was away from the will of God. God commanded Israel not to marry outside of their tribe, and he was wanting to go to the Philistines and marry a woman that he had you know, thought he was in love, probably what may have been. It may have been less than whatever he was doing. He wanted to marry her. And so he was on his way there to do that. And God put some roadblocks in his way. And one of them was a lion. And he just rose up and killed that lion, pulled his jaws apart. I mean, just killed it with his bare hands. We don't know of any indication from the scripture that he used anything other than his hands. And yet he did that with the spirit of might. Well, then God teaches our hands to war. The word there, the word teach, uh, teacheth means he goads or he stimulates into action. So th- that also gives us an indication of what is involved when it comes to warfare. What we need to understand is we don't go out and just and get up on top of tall buildings and helicopters and do all kinds of things and call it warfare. And, and, and at the same time, in real literal warfare, it, uh, you know, we don't engage it in a arrogant sense. You know what I mean by that? That means we don't just engage to do something because we, uh, uh, you know, we we just feel mean at the devil and we just want to pick at him. Well, I mean, you probably can never find anybody on the face of God's earth that hates the devil as much as I do. And anybody around you could tell you that's pretty much the way it is because I do have no regard for that no rascal at all. And so, uh, 
uh, you know, but I also know that there's, that I can't just in a presumptive, it would be the better word, a presumptive way, go out and do what I want to when I want to. Uh, but I also, I have to be stimulated by the word of God. Now, uh, that that requires a little side issue teaching here before we get too far in, yet at the same time, it's it's relative to what we're saying. We should be people so full of the Word of God that if somebody squeezes us, it just begins to ooze out of us. And so uh, uh, then when we go to battle, we're stimulated by the Word of God. We can, you know, we can we can go out because the Word of God says. Uh, it's when God gives us a personal Word, it becomes personal to us. Or if, I'm going to say it another way. I don't know how everybody else operates. I know how I operate. If I if I'm dealing with something, say in my physical body that needs healing, that requires supernatural intervention of some kind, maybe sometimes you can go to the doctor and get it taken care of, get something to at least subdue the pain, deal with it that way. But I don't deal with it always. It's still there. It just needs to be healed by the power of God. Well, I mean, I've I could set your name story after story of situations that's happened to me in my physical body, and what I generally do when I'm fighting some kind of issue is I go find me some scripture that pertains to that particular portion. If I can find some and generally you can, and the answer is always in the Bible. I mean, I've had to believe, you know, I had cancer on the side of my neck and I may have testified this about this, some other uh, podcast. I'm not sure, but I had cancer begin to grow on the side of my neck. And because at that time I was taking medication for my heart, uh, some blood thinners and stuff, and they did not want me to have any kind of surgery because uh, it would uh, would have, uh, you know, hurt my, uh, I've been a bleeder, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Uh, it would have been a bleeding situation. They didn't want me to bleed. It was because where it was at, it bleed really easy and bleed a lot. And they didn't, because I was on a blood thinner, uh, my heart doctor didn't would not allow that to be done. So I said, all right, God, I had to, uh, they originally said it was base of cell, and it was skim of cell, and then there's another, uh, another level which is the uh, the bad gun, and I was in one right in the middle, and so I said, you know, I, what am I going to do, God? I mean, it was about the size of a quarter on the side of my neck, and so I I went to the Word of God, and the Lord, and and just begin to search the Word of God. Sometimes He'll just lead you directly to the Word of God. And this time I began to search the Word of God, and I found the scriptures that pertained to the neck. And I found one in Isaiah, I think Isaiah ten twenty seven, where he said the the the, the yoke is broken from off of my neck because the anointing breaks the yoke, and so I began to declare that scripture over my neck, and I where it said yoke I put cancer, and I began to d- deal with it that way, and my wife saw it and she saw it when in its original size when it had grown to a certain size and she saw it when it was disappeared. And uh, of course, the doctor since that operated kind of, I kind of think I threw him into a pandemonium when I told him what had happened. But be that as it may, he he had a hard time receiving. In fact, at first he could not receive it. But I told him, well, regardless of whether you receive it or not, because he kept saying, well, I know God, I I fear God, but he don't do things like that. I said, I I fear God, and he does do things like that, and I know he does, and that's not. There's no other way. There's been no other place that you can go and find that I've had that cut off because they wouldn't let me do it. And my point is in this, that when you go, when you go to battle, he teaches you, he, he stimulates you. The Word of God stimulates you. In other words, if you're full of the Word of God, and, and we'll say this another way, and the devil begins to come at you and back, your, back you up against the wall, sometimes we're caught in the confusion of it all. 
And we don't always think right quick, but when we slow down and sober up, then there's some things on the inside of us that we know by the Word of God that will rise up on the inside of us. And it's God stimulating us for that time of warfare. In other words, when you're backed up against the wall, you're stimulated uh, by His Word, and you begin to battle with the Word. Well, you, Jesus battled with the Word. That's, I mean, the devil come at Him, and He just kept telling the devil, It's written. It's written. And the devil didn't have no answer for that. All he could, all he could do is this, because and he even took the word of God one time and tried to uh, trick Jesus into uh, interpreting it the wrong way. And Jesus said, "No, it's written." He just come right back with the same thing. He never battled him any other way, and that was an example for you and I. Well, then when I say he teaches your hands to war, it means he goads, he he, he inspires you, he stimulates you into action. Hallelujah. Now, in Genesis 3.15, God declared war on the devil before the fall. That's an interesting point, too, uh, because we don't want to be presumptive. But here's the thing about it. You know, I, I, I'm thinking about writing a little article on this, maybe put it on Facebook. I don't know where I'm going to put it at, but I'm thinking about it because we, we're in the Christmas season, and the Christmas season for the Christians to be one of the greatest things in the earth because it's we re, it's a time that we recognize that Christ was born in the earth. It's not the literal time, but it's it's we're recognizing it. So in that sense, it's a good thing. But what people don't understand is that some of the worst times for people is uh, around that time of the year. Suicides, all kinds of stuff happens because people are for whatever reason is affected. Well, I think the whatever reason is that the devil knows that this is a time when we should be joyful and rejoicing. A time of giving is something that he absolutely hates. And a time of recognizing the birth of Christ, and he don't like that. So he, he causes all kinds of things to happen. Well, it's a season that we ought to be aware of. We ought to, ought to, we ought to know uh, that when that time comes that we need to be more alert than any other time. There's certain seasons, you know. Now, uh, Christians ought to... Or to be very alert around Halloween because that's what the, some people call the devil's high holy uh, day. Well, I mean, he, you know, he uses it. I, mean, I guess any day he can get to be a high holy day, he's going to do it. But, but because uh, he's the devil, he's an illegal alien in this earth doing what he's doing illegally uh, in one sense of the word because Adam gave it to him. But in another sense of the word, we have a second man, Adam, which is Jesus Christ. And he has provided a way for you and I uh, to circumvent that devil by taking the word of God and by what and 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 laying the claim upon the work that he's done for us. And and so that's part of the warfare issue. But so God declared war on the devil before the fall. So sometimes we just need to get up in the morning and say, Devil, I'm going to just give you a, a little reading, a little readout here this morning. Here's how it's going to be today. I'm going to have a good day because this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. And and then declare with the devil, you know, the Lord makes my feet like hind feet. He teaches my hands to war. The Lord has made me victorious in Christ, and I'm going to have a day of victory. And I don't care what you do, and I don't care what it looks like. I don't, I'm not going to be moved by any of that because I'm in this thing for the long haul, and I'm in it for the, you know, because uh, I want to be in it, and you are a defeated foe. So he did all of that. But see, when Adam fell, he changed everything. He was created to have dominion, but he lost everything and became a bondservant of Satan's sin. And because of this, the law of strife then became the law of life for the human race. That's absolutely the truth. The law of strife became a, 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 a law for the human race. 
all human beings become into bondage. And, and we're, you know, there's a, there's a couple of forms of strife. There is a strife where you get at odds with other people. But then there's a, uh, there is a, there is a, a striving that takes place that, you know, goes on. And that's maybe it's a combination of all those, but certainly it's a law set into motion by the devil because of what Adam did and actually set into motion by Adam. And the devil made it come to pass, and it's a law of life for humans. Now, James 4 and 1, kind of uh, beginning verse 1, said it this way. From, from whence comes wars among you? Come they not even of your own lust at war in your members? You lust and you have, have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is at enmity with God? Why is that so? Well, because the devil is the God of this world. God, Adam gave him that right, made him the God of this world by, by, by selling out to him. And, uh, and so he's the God of this world. And everything he does and everything in this world and everything in the system of the world uh, is an enmity, it's strife with God. It's, there's, it's, that very statement in itself lets us know there's a warring situation that exists. The poss- possibility and the potential is always there. Now, what, what we get carried away with it sometime and go, and some of it happens as a result of our own lust because we want things we don't have a right to want. We desire things we don't have a right to desire. And uh, that, that requires another teaching, and we don't want to go down that road too far. But so you can't you can't be a friend of the world without being in enmity with God. You cannot do it. And a lot of people people are not warned against the devil. They're warned against their own selves and, and their desires. And that's what James is saying. He said, some of this warfare you blaming on the devil is not the devil at all. It's you lusting and desiring for things you have no right to desire. And you need to quit that if you are because it's the world. And all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh and the lust of eyes and the pride of life. The scripture said. And so those things are a part of the world, and when you when you when you're attached to that, then you you know you're striving, not a strife, but you're striving in order to do that, and you're in a constant warfare sometimes because you don't do it your way, you do it God's way. Now that's not to mean that people are not successful and cannot be successful in in life. Uh, you know, in the natural, some people just have the, I, I actually believe that some of these people who are, uh, that do that or have a gift that they have not used properly for God. I believe it's a God-given thing and gives them that ability. And I believe that based on this, that the scripture says he reigns on the just and on the unjust. And the scripture said he gave 10 talents, to, uh, five talents to one man, two to one man, and one to, one to another man. There's three, three people involved. In that, in that the story that Jesus was telling. And one of them, he didn't say much about whether they were uh, his servants or not. I'm, I'm, I'm implying and saying that they are. But at the same time, he gave them the ability. But some people don't always use it because they do. Well, they get into it and they get to see the blessing of it all. And they begin to use it in a way that's, you know, against God. And, and, and God just has to let them go. And here's what he says. Do you think the scripture saith in vain? The spirit that dwelleth in us, uh, that dwelleth in in us lusteth to envy? Question. That's a question. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And here's the, here's the clincher of all these verses. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Well, then we're in, a, we're in that kind of a situation. We're in a strife situation when we're like that. 
And uh, because we're in the world and because the world's at, at odds with God and everything in the, and the devil's in the world system, if you're looking for justice in the world system, sometimes you're going to fall way short and, and you're not going to be able to, uh, uh, you know, obtain what you want to obtain. But in God's system, there is no limitation. If you can believe it, it's possible. All things are possible to him that believes, the Scripture says. And so what James is saying, he identifies our warring nature. It comes from within us. See, there's something in us as human beings just simply because of what Genesis 3.15 said, the seed of the woman. We're seed of the woman, whether we are born again the seed of the woman or not. We are still a seed of the woman, and there's something within our nature that's warring of, of its own nature. I mean, we, you know, people ain't going to sit down and take things sometimes. Some will do it better than others. It's the same whether it's in the world it's in the Christian circles. There's some that are going to, uh, uh, they're going, you know, they're going to fight. Excuse me for a moment. And uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, to get something to drink, I got something a little caught in my throat. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you know, it's in our nature, the, the war. But some are in Christian circles. Some are just passive. They lay down. They're lambs. We're called lambs. Lambs don't have a resistant resistance to, to any kind of attack. They just lay down and let it happen. Kind of play dead, if you want to say it that way. There are some people in the natural the same way. They have their passive. Uh, uh, and, and then there's, and then people want to kind of speak at you and say, well, you're aggressive. Well, yeah, when it comes to the devil, you need to be aggressive. You can't just lay down and take it anytime you want to. And so we're, so James is saying it's, uh, there's something in our nature that makes us, we're, we're, we're people of war. And that's what he said. It was a scripture I'd missed a little bit earlier, but he said he teaches, you know, he teaches my hands to war Psalms one forty. Or once that blessed be the Lord my strength, which teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. And so there's a, there, there is that within our nature as human beings to be people who fight and war. And so uh, it's natural. Whether we do it correctly, whether we do it in an evil way, whatever. You you can look at the world situation. That's it's We live. We've lived in my lifetime. I'm 68. We live in my lifetime. I've, I've, I, I was here in the Korean conflict. I was on, I was born. I wasn't old enough to be in it. I was in the Vietnam conflict, and now you know if I was I, I'm living through another conflict that other young men and women are fighting. But at the same time, it's, it's just been war, war after war after war after war. Well, what goes on in the natural certainly goes on in the spirit, and you need to recognize that. And if you don't recognize it, then the devil's got you where he wants you, and you and he's going to keep you defeated most of the time. Amen. Well, the time on this has come and gone real quick, and so we're going to pick this up on the next podcast, and I want you to really be tuned in and invite your neighbors to tune in and listen to all of this that's being said because it's going to be a great blessing to you, I believe, and God's going to help some of you. Amen? And so uh, we love you. I'm, I'm glad to be back on your preaching the Word of God. It's been a little while, but we're going to see if we can be a little bit more diligent and give you some more to, you know, kind of, the war and, and and have victory with. Until we talk to you in the next podcast, this is Brother Houston. Bless you in the name of the Lord and a Merry Christmas to you, each and every one. God bless you. Jesus Christ.